Welcome back. This is Stacks on Stacks, the weekly radio broadcast from the University Libraries at Virginia Tech here on 90.7 FM WUVT. That's Blacksburg Radio for Everyone. So, Kira. Yes, that's we, me. <laughs> we have joining us today a very special guest. This is someone I've really been looking forward to having on the show. She's someone that I came through graduate school with, a very good friend. And just recently, I've helped her to develop some aspects of a course she's been teaching now for two semesters called The Global Business of Pop Culture, uh, which, uh, among other things, and I guess we'll find out exactly what it entails, but definitely it's about comic books to a large degree, uh, which, uh, as you know, is a subject near and dear to my heart. Yay! (laughs) Her name is Dr. Eli Jamison. She's a professor in the Pamplin College of Business, and she teaches in the Department of Management. So, Eli, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the show, and thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I am excited and nervous to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I I am excited because people have to be sick of listening to me geek out about like tabletop RPG stuff, so now we get to listen to Joe geek out about something on the show. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the spirit of geeking out about something, uh, let me begin with a comic book trope and ask you about your origin story, Eli. That is, uh, or to put it another way, the origin story of this course. I'm interested in what it is that made you think of teaching a course about comic books in the College of Business. How did that get started? Yeah, so I, as you well know, Joe, we'll, we'll get into that later. I, I actually came into the superhero genre a little bit later. Um, really briefly, I mean, I was kind of brought into the Department of Management uh, with the idea of thinking about the pathways initiative that had just been launched for diversity inclusion in the United States, specifically targeting targeting that and thinking about what kind of class could we offer in the Department of Management. So that was lingering in my mind. Um, And then (laughs) I had ankle surgery and through some recommendations of friends of mine, they said, well, if you're going to be off your feet for four or five days, you really should watch every Marvel movie. (laughs) in order and you know if you're gonna be on uh, a serious painkiller and oh by the way your 21 year old son and his friends have nothing else to do over Christmas break we spent we watched 17 Marvel movies of the MCU in order in three and a half days Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it was um, a fantastic binge Uh, and what happened after all of that, even after the pain meds wore off, was that I went, as I thought about that, that was really kind of my dip into the water of the superhero world contemporarily. I remember reading them in the newspaper when I was a kid and all that, and watching Super Friends. We could talk about that. (laughs) Um, I went, oh my God, this is a class. 
this is a this is a pathways class this is about that this mirrors the history of america good bad indifferent not necessarily just in the mcu but you know after you start looking and shortly thereafter stan lee dies and i got to hear the retrospectives that were being played on the radio and on the news and thinking about all of the things the way he built this business and the way he challenged some paradigms and the way he pushed forward and it made me curious and i thought well if it makes me curious about a multi-billion dollar industry, it might make someone else curious too. <laughs> Made you curious about how the business is in conversation with the creative? Exactly. Um, and both, frankly, for good and for ill, right? How does, how do the business actors and not, you know, performance actors, but how does a right. business actor monetize, identify, recognize, uplift, suppress the creative impulse of a society. Um, and that's really, I mean, unlike you, Joe, who have spent a lot of time thinking about pop culture, um, this really made me realize, oh no, as a critical lens, this is a fantastic way to spend some time and oh my gosh, who doesn't need an escape right this second? But yeah. it, it's a great way to kind of reconsider the role of our various economic, social, and political actors writ large, locally, nationally, globally. And so that became the basis of this class um, to take a hard look at the way that business decision makers in the superhero industry, starting with comics, which is its at the at the genesis of all this how does how how does that go <laughs> and how does that translate well i'd i'd love to dig into and we'll see how deep we go exactly um the conversation between like how much comics reflect society or popular culture in general or society and vice versa uh, but first i'm interested in uh a, a different kind of reception and that's uh, like how was this idea for a class received both by the the folks with the power to say yeah go ahead teach a class on this and then your students once you were up and running yeah so that's been fun um <laughs> i guess i would say uh, overall you know with the benefit of hindsight it went way better than I predicted it would. I mean, the reception of it was much better than I, I predicted it would, but it's really interesting. One of the things, this is true in academia, but it's particularly true in the world of superheroes. There's a lot of claim and ownership within all of the territories on all of this, right? So what the heck is a business de department doing with pop culture we have a department for that what the heck are you doing with superheroes you don't you're men you know there's a lot of um you know and which you and i joe had a lot of conversations around you know you could make this whole class about dc you don't have to do all the other things <laughs> it could be all about batman you and i i remember you and i having that conversation yeah. one day and you're right there's so many different ways and that's why it's called the global business of pop cultures and built as a case study so for me i'm looking at very specifically the superhero industry as a case um focusing on dc and marvel in parallel um but you could get many of the same objectives out of the same direction. So, um, yeah, there was a little pushback in certain corners, but I have to tell you, by and large, I was, I was surprised by where it came from, and I was thrilled when it didn't come from the places I expected. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. 
So, so you, when you say ownership, you mean like in, in the academy, like folks who consider themselves to be the ones who can study this stuff, and then those who maybe disqualify themselves by saying this isn't our bag. Exactly. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, um, folks did think it was a good idea, I suppose, because you're teaching it for yeah, a second time I, now. It's the second time this semester. Is that correct? This is the second time I taught it last spring. And then um, we pushed it back with all the craziness of the pandemic in the fall. Um, and so we un, unla- we launched it into the spring. I have to say, your, your second part of your question had to got at, you know, what do the students think about right, right. All, all of this? I can tell you that my students in the spring were all in, and I know that because four of them came back to be a TA for this section. With that said... Wait, you have four TAs? (laughs) I have four TAs. That's a different story. Um, There are four TAs for this class, but there were only 12 students in the spring. You know, brand new class. It was late advertising. It got approved really late. But we had a great groovy time. Joe, you came and talked. They were... And then we watched um, Kira, Joe and I, and one or two, sometimes three students every Friday afternoon during the pandemic, watched an episode of The Watchmen. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, the HBO show. Yeah. 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 We streamed that. So we had a great, cool time. So I don't... I loved that experience. That was... Thanks for inviting me in on that. It was great to... To, I had already watched the whole series, but it was great to rewatch it and to rewatch it in the context of of these uh, engaged students uh, who were prepared to have discussions about like how that lives in the universe they had been observing for the prior to that. Yeah, it was the, it was the I think so far for me the best watch party experience I've had because and in part because if you haven't watched The Watchmen, it blows your mind. <laughs> And you really need someone to talk to about it when you're done. Yeah, it's so good. Have you seen it, Karen? I have not seen it. I, you know, I confess to being behind on so watching so many things. Um, I'm that person that people are like, well, have you watched this? I'm like, well, no, because I have like 18 yeah, other things I know. on the list. Oh, my gosh. And, <laughs> or I don't have the right streaming service or I don't. There's like TV it. homework now. There's so much stuff. Yeah, <laughs> But it is. seems I'm like it'd be right up your alley here. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, I, I'm sure it would be, but as people have been listening to me nerd about nerd out about, you know, the Twitch stream project, that's been, you know, something I've been focusing, you know, a fair amount of my time on instead of, I actually haven't been watching much TV at all lately, which is why I'm even further behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, so no, I, this semester I advertised it, I was ahead of the game. There's 75 students in this class, as you know, Joe, because wow. you just came to talk to them and you can... <laughs> Yeah, the Did first I not tell you? the first time the first time uh, I I guess lectured about digital storytelling and a project that Eli was assigning them, and um, we just it was like just a handful of us in a corner of the art and architecture library talking about uh, mm-hmm. digital storytelling, yep. and uh, uh, this time I joined a Zoom meeting and there's like 80 people in it. <laughs> I forgot to mention that part. <laughs> Oh, you don't need to know how many people are there. That's I think Joe's comment, Joe, I think he said something like, well, last semester there were like 12, <laughs> right. but through the magic of Zoom, this can feel intimate too. That's true. It, it doesn't matter how many people are in a Zoom meeting. It still feels very intimate. Yeah. yeah. No, and it was great. Thank you again. That was a super uh, session. I mean, they really resonated with that, but 
Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I got 75 people in there. I guess I'll find out at the end of the semester how they like it. But so far, you know, the anecdotal feedback is even though it's 930 in the morning and that feels really early to them. Um, so far, so good. Well, I think it's a great vote of confidence for uh, the idea and for your execution the, that the former students wanting to continue to be part of the class. Yeah. Oh, and they are they are so great. I mean, they really, um, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. They jumped on it. I was thrilled to have them. They've been fantastic. And they're like, you all may know this already, but like they've started a Discord server also, mm -hmm. which was okay. me, which I said, that's fine, but that's not officially part of our class. You do that. But they're having their own chats with the class, which I think is super because they've really been focused on how do we build some community here within our superhero community. And, um, you know, it's it's the, the class itself has to be a little different than originally conceived um, because we're online. Like eventually I'm hoping we'll have a hokey con here at at Virginia Tech, Ooh. but um, that's not to be during a pandemic. And I was beyond what I could figure out <laughs> in these condi conditions. But well, it seems yeah, like it seems fun. like you need those. Like just just thinking about the one assignment I know about the digital storytelling. I mean, um, it seems like you need those four TAs. If like you've got eighty students turning in a short film. Yeah. Well, and they are mm, yeah. in teams, but it's still. The number of oh, questions teams. Okay. coming. Yeah. And, you know, we've got them. This is the really interesting thing. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised because it mirrors my own experience. I've got students who are newbies to superhero because the title of the class, they got in and they're like, this is about superheroes. I didn't. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I had a, several students say, yeah, I've decided to stay. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so your subtitle then on the syllabus, it, it's again, the name of the course is Global Business of Pop Culture. It's MGT mm -hmm. Management uh, 2204. But you have a subtitle on your syllabus that says The Marvelous Industry of Superheroes, which I guess that, <laughs> didn't make it to the catalog. If the students were surprised, they'd be. Yeah, that's the yeah that doesn't fit in the listings. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a rule. You have to have a boring title for it to be an academic course. Uh, yeah. And it is about pop culture, as you well know from Joe, you came and talked about that. It is still about pop culture, but we're looking through the lens of this thing. And yeah, I'll, it, Joe, this is entirely your fault. I have not, Kira, like you, I haven't watched a lot of television during the pandemic until yeah. recently. And it is because of comicsology. Thank you very much, Joe, who introduced <laughs> oh. <to> it. <laughs> Yep. Oh, that's why you're yep. not watching a lot of because you're reading comic uh, books on college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still remember sitting in your office and you say, "Oh no, there's this thing," and you open it up and you swipe through, and I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> so I I have that because I have one specific comic that I am following, which relates to my obsession with tabletop role playing, and I I work so hard to not just click on everything in there yeah. because I'm like if I let myself do that that's going to be the beginning of the end <laughs> oh I just oh you, I, did you say you were reading the Scarlet Witch Joe but totally Kira that's where I'm at I mean I I, I, I picked up some Scarlet Witch stuff digitally because it was on sale because I think Marvel was pushing WandaVision but also because I was watching WandaVision so it was and uh, I, I wasn't too familiar with the character but yeah that's one that, that I've been I've been picking through lately, but I also, I think I told you in, uh, uh, when I joined your class the other day that I'm, 
I've also in the pandemic been treating myself to this um, DC Universe Infinite. They've rebooted their um, their comics offering, and their so, the catalog they offer there is so much greater than what they are doing through Comicsology Unlimited right now. So I've been catching up on a lot of back uh, sort of yeah. Batman and Green Lantern and stuff like that that I hadn't been up on. <laughs> I'm not going to let you show me that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, when I would wake up in the middle of the night, I'm like, well, I'll let well, me grab my... <laughs> I think it's related to the uh, the concerns of your course because you, you, you see behind the scenes all, all that they're doing, right? Like, because they've, they took this, this, that DC Universe platform that they had where all their shows and movies and comic books were being offered and split it into two combining the 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 television and films part of it with hbo max right and they created this sort of like super platform that looks a lot like disney plus does so you see like uh the marvel through disney plus and and um dc through hbo max sort of like watching each other and following each other's model and they're they're figuring out how to supply content um in this new um climate this new atmosphere this new whatever the, the new way of things with regard to subscription economy and digital consumption of everything yeah, I, I think that's I exact. It is a great thing. And we, that's one of the things we're talking about in the class. So so we've got this digital storytelling project and some of the proposals have just come in and they're so fascinating. Um, but the last thing that they're doing instead of hosting a HokieCon, to your point now, is they're pitching a proposal on what's the future of superheroes. Um, and getting at what you just described, right? What's the business model that's going to prevail? Is there going to be room for multiple in the world of mergers and acquisitions and these giant embedded corporations and the rise of the Chinese superhero and that industry? And in India, they have their own, you know, their own momentum around these sorts of things. It's so there. The second half is to take it globally, but also to take it and look at, all right, there's all and there's some superhero exhaustion, right? Um, yeah. Out there. So what does all this mean? So I'll I and I look forward to find out from them. What do they think is going to happen? Um, historically, and Joe, you know this. I mean, but it's written about elsewhere too. Um, when they veer away from the comic book story, that's when they go awry. I think you and I spent some time talking about that, whether it's TV or video, mm -hmm. uh, movie. Yeah. Well, and that's that's an, that's the other kind of ownership that goes along, and that's where I thought you were going. First of all, when you talked about sort of academic ownership of who can study this and that, but um, it's an industry that's fraught with like like uh, this sense of like fan community ownership over arcs of continuity and character backstories, and you know what what will fly and what won't. Not yeah. literally, but. <laughs> Because actually, well, I mean, some of them do fly. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> literally, yeah. Sometimes, I, I do think you know it's it's interesting you said, but ownership is absolutely so. While I say it's focused, and it is on what are the decisions being made in the business, those decisions are always in conversation with the fandom. I yeah. mean, exactly to your point. So, and yeah, yeah DC addressed that in a like during the pandemic. There was this like huge like multi day event they called something like. Oh, was it DC Fandom or something like that? Did you participate in that at all? I was wondering. I, I, I meant to reach out with you when I saw it was happening, but I don't remember if I did or not. I saw it, and I think it flew past me because I thought about that. We, sh we should have done that. That would have been fun. Yeah, it was all, it was all about like sort of interacting with the fan community, but it was also very like 
salesman-y too. I, you know, it's a, so. Well, I mean, that's the other reason that this class fit. So from, from, you know, sitting around, sitting around recovering from surgery and watching movies, I then went to a comic con um, just here in Roanoke and that's capitalism on steroids. There is even at the smallest kind of, I mean, it's, it is a fascinating like thing just to watch about at, while people are dressed up. I mean, they're all in the pop art, right? I mean, they're all in it. It, yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. One, in one sense, you've got a real like sort of grassroots, um, engagement with and appropriation of and recreation of this like really rich and vibrant culture and um at the same time you're sort of like lining up for slaughter sounds just a little darker than i mean it to sound but <laughs> well we're back in the dc universe joe oh no and then back to ownership joe when you walk through that place you're exactly right and you really feel the proprietary balance there too right if you walk up to a person whose comic book store is there and their boxes and boxes and boxes are up some of those folks you better know what you're doing because they're they're watching you like a hawk you better not screw up their collection yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's serious but so on the point you you touched on just briefly a moment ago um learning from your students so what are you learning from them what um what are they drawing out of all this uh engagement yeah well i think one of the things i'm learning about based on just for example where their proposal pitches are you know because they're going to do this digital storytelling project i'm learning that they are i mean we know statistically this is true but they are really interested in figuring out the disconnects between what we say is important as a society and what is important. And that has shown up in everything from race to questions of gender to, um, I, you know, we've got questions about even bullying and the way that they reflect a lot of themselves. Like I've got one group who wants to go all in on Spider-Man and the way that kind of youth changes across time and, and how do they look like and not look like um, and reflect the challenges of youth across time, which is really, I mean, they're thinking about some serious, st- I know it's a project, I'm making them, but, <laughs> but they're, the proposals I'm reading are really kind of nuanced. They're looking at strands that they're figuring out how to do things in multiple different ways. One of the things they're going to do with WandaVision, you know, we mentioned that. Um, yeah. We talked about it in class. They grabbed that idea. I think it came up when you were we were chatting and they've grabbed it and they want to look at the ways that um, WandaVision doesn't reflect the, the retro that they're purporting to, right? They want to take a critical look at that and figure out what that means. I think that's fantastic. So kind of getting at what's what's anachronistic about WandaVision in ways that we don't even recognize because we're so embedded in our normal of now, right? The normalized yeah. constructions, you know, in WandaVision, a bit, there's a there's a lead actress, you know, the lead actress who is a black woman and she takes a primary role in this sitcom, which just wouldn't have happened on the Brady Bunch, which is yeah, kind yeah. of like one of the settings of the scene. So you know yeah yeah absolutely so it sounds like they're really um drawing some 
some good, great observations out of the material, out of their engagement with the material, which is certainly a testament to your strength as an instructor and what you're doing to present uh, the material and the assignments to them, uh, but also must be extremely gratifying for you as an instructor and uh, could bode well, bode well for the future of the class. Hey, time will tell, right? I mean, our, our students are networked little creatures and they, you know, if this goes well, 450 students are going to know about it. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't, 1,000 students are going to know about yeah. it. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, there is a, there's a core in there that are doing, you know, right now we're also learning that we did have to, we do have to take quizzes and oh, by the way, it's a college class. So there are things I expect you to learn. <laughs> and so there's, there's those bumps, but I, I am right now, though, Joe, to your comment, I am just so excited by what they're curious about and where they want to go, right? Um, yeah. And because ideally, really, the semester for me, it's this, I wanted to create a space in this pandemic that is true to academic, but also is an escape for some folks, right? I mean, these are students who we've all been through a lot. And how do we figure out, have a little pocket of, I'm going to learn some things about a thing I don't normally get to talk about <laughs> and think a little bit more so that even though it's a project, I hope some of them will find some fun in that. Well, and I think that speaks volumes to, as somebody who also has some interests in academia that are not historically academic enough, mm -hmm. people can't see me putting air quotes around that, um, but I am. Um, I think this is another, this is a great example of a way in which we can recognize that, that lots of things are academic that may not have been historically recognized as such. Um, that it's, if your interest is in superheroes and comics, if your interest is in role-playing games, if your interest is in, you know, I don't know, all kinds of things. But the, the, my point being, these things have academic aspects and also it's okay if academia accepts these things as areas of research and scholarship too yeah yeah I think well that's... i think it's great Go ahead. sorry i'd say I, just, I think it's great you're doing shows like this because in trying to figure out if you can create a new class you have to go out there and look at what classes are out there and there's some cool things there are some really and maybe even growing numbers of some cool things out there to your point kira about all that yeah yeah yeah, and I think the way Kira describes it, it, it just, it's one of the most important things, not just for the academy, but for human society, right? A little less gatekeeping, a little more yes and, and everything is enriched. Yeah. Yeah. I was really pleased. I mean, yeah, I got, I, uh, the support I got really through my department, through my college, they were all like, yeah, that sounds good. Can I, I heard a lot of way times along the way, can I take it? <laughs> <laughs> But people like Joe and other, like there's Isaac Magana and Larry Cox. There are some experts on this that are expert in the field that, you know, through a lifetime of commitment to this, that have been wonderfully generous too with time yeah. and resources. The library bought a lot of stuff thanks to some hard work from Joe. And that was. Oh, yeah. We should plug that, that uh, um, we came up with the list and got a lot of it bought. And it's at the, uh, the Art Arc Library uh, right now. So. If you are inclined uh, to make a physical visit to the uh, Art and Architecture Library, you'll find a greatly expand uh, comics and graphic novels collection. Yeah, a greatly expanded. It's a good collection. 
waiting for the next budget to be, you know, yeah. fluid. We can make another <laughs> list. <laughs> so buying more comics and uh, what else is in the future for this? Is uh, Are you planning a, a companion class or, uh, or changes to this one? Or is there anything uh, you're thinking of that you want to mention? Well, I mean, going forward, uh, the original conception of this class didn't plan on a pandemic. Um, so what I would re really like to see is there, yeah, there's a lot of things I'd like to do with it. So one angle is, is to spend some time actually planning a comic con. So this future of the superhero project morphs into, all right, let's put together a business plan for how would we do a comic con here at Virginia Tech. And then the next semester's class actually puts it on. Uh -huh. the, the other thing I would really like to do, I don't know if it's possible yet, but coming to a theater near you is also create a study abroad where I take students to the San Diego Comic-Con. Um, there's these intro, I don't know if we have those. I know at other universities, they have the, you know, go study in the United States, but go study somewhere else. I mean, it's the largest, well, or the New York one, either one, but you know, I think, mm -hmm. or go to one in India. I mean, I think it could easily be a study abroad class because it is this global industry. Wow, so, that sounds great. I love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love talking about this stuff, and I guess I've allowed this interview to go on quite a bit longer than we normally <laughs> do. But uh, um, I want to uh, thank you again and mention to listeners uh, that our guest has been uh, Dr. Eli Jamison, who is a professor in the management department in the Pamplin College of Business. And she designed and has been teaching now for two semesters a course called Global Business of Pop Culture, in which uh, she and her students look into the conversation between comic books and the sort of like economic marketplace that seeks to distribute them and the communities of fandom and all that cool stuff. So thanks again, Eli. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we are Stacks on Stacks, the weekly radio broadcast from the University Libraries at Virginia Tech on 90.7 FM, WUBT, Blacksburg. <laughs>